Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 is where we're going to begin this morning. This last week, I had an epiphany at Myers. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an epiphany at Myers or not, and I'm not real sure that my epiphany was an epiphany. I didn't see any bright lights. I didn't hear any audible voices. But there was a connection, a connection in my thought life and my heart that brought me to a biblical truth. Now, let me try to explain this epiphany to you. As you know, Connie has had shoulder surgery, and Tuesday we went to her first therapy session, and we were getting low at food. Food's an important thing in our house. So I took her, <laughs> so I, so I took her to, to Myers, and she had her shopping list, and I followed her around, being very dutiful to be where she told me to be. There, there were times that she told me to stay, and she'd go over and look at things, and then she'd, so I'd, I'd go where she was. And it was in the vegetable and fruit section. And it came to me, I don't think much about buying food. Connie does that. And then here's the epiphany. I don't think much about the Holy Spirit. He's part of my life. He indwells me. Jesus said, and I will send you another comforter, paracletus, advocate, one come alongside you. This is John 14. And I will send you another comforter, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but he shall be with you and shall dwell in you. And I started to think about that. Shall be with me, shall dwell in me, and the world doesn't know anything about it. You and I need to understand that the Holy Spirit is one whom God has given to us to benefit us and to encourage us and minister to us and to help us live this thing called the Christian life. It's called progressive sanctification. And we need to recognize that he is the one who was sent to guide and direct us into all truth, bring things to our remembrance, comfort and sustain us, Plead for us as the advocate, paracletus, and minister to us. And that ought to be part of our everyday lives. You may have noticed my tree got cut down. That's okay. Because this morning we're going to talk about growing in the Spirit. And recognizing that it is in the Spirit of God that we have all of these blessings and benefits. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, I do not plan to get through this message today. But those of you who take notes, I want to give you the full outline, all right? And it is an acrostic, S-P-I-R-I-T, all right? So, so let me give this to you this morning. Because there are, there are six understandings that I want you to have to remind us about the Holy Spirit. The first one is this. We are saved and sealed by the Holy Spirit. We will talk about this morning. We are saved and sealed by the Holy Spirit. Secondly, he has given himself 
to empower us. The Holy Spirit is to empower us. And thirdly, He indwells us. Right? These are not new truths. I want you to know that it is the Spirit who reproves us or convicts us. In fact, the world, sin, righteousness, and in judgment, right? It is the Holy Spirit who, in a very special way, gives us insight, teaches us all things, and brings things to our remembrance. And it is the Holy Spirit who tests us so that we might be discerning. In fact, we will learn that we are told to test, try, discern the spirits. Because there are a lot of spirits in this world that are clamoring for our attention. That are false spirits. So we're going to talk about that. All right. So this is where we're headed. Now, this morning, I hope to get through saved and sealed and empowers and maybe indwells, all right? And we'll see how all of that works out. You're in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to begin with verse 3, and I want you to follow along in your copy of the Scriptures as I read down through verse 14. Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. To the praise of his glory. Verse 13. In him, Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel yourself, believed, and you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit was involved in salvation, he was involved in bringing us to the truth in opening our spiritual eyes so that we could respond to the message, the good news. Now, the message is very simple, right? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God hath raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Why? For with the Heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made in salvation, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Now that's all the work of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to understand what Christ has done for us. Now we are saved by the gospel. And then we are sealed as a guarantee of what God has done. Now let's look at these two individually because I think there's a lot of truth in this chapter. We are saved by the gospel. Now what does that mean? That means that God had a plan. God had a plan. And this plan was twofold. According to verse 3, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Amen? Isn't it great to be blessed by God? Isn't it great to know that God has our best interest at heart? Isn't it great to know that God works all things together for good to them that love him? To challenge us, to change us, to conform us to the image of his son. Amen. Can I get an amen, please? God is blessed. Are you blessed today? I was sitting up here during the song service and I heard somebody sneeze and I automatically went, God bless you. You know, we're not blessed because we're sneezed. We're blessed because that was God's plan. And God intended to give us a life that is greater than any other life that we could ever think about. But not only did he bless us with every spiritual blessing, he chose us, verse 4, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless in him. Now, a lot of times we talk about being holy and blameless. And we get guilty, right? We think, I can't be holy. I know the Bible tells me to, but I've worked at it, I've tried. It just doesn't seem to happen in my life. But may I encourage you this morning that being blameless and holy is the best thing that we could ever be. I've done a lot of things in my life where I didn't get caught. How about you? I was driving the other day, and I was under the speed limit. And a highway patrolman whipped around. And you know what the first thing I did? Check my speedometer. <laughs> right? And I went, I'm blameless. He's not going to stop me unless I had a taillight out. And I didn't. <laughs> that was a great feeling. And, and it was so wonderful to, to know that I could live with great confidence. And not worrying about not getting caught. But not worrying about how I'm living. You know, that is a great thing in our lives. And that's how you and I are designed. To live blameless before God because God's son had covered all of our sins. Amen? And God has taken care of every need that we have. Amen? And God has given to us the ability to stand before him through his son Jesus Christ. Blameless. I want to encourage you with that today. Now, yes, the scripture does say in Peter... That as obedient children, we are not to fashion ourselves according to the former lusts and our ignorance. But we are to be holy as he is holy. That's absolutely true. But he has given to us a plan. A plan to bless us and a plan to allow us to live 
blameless before him. In fact, 1 Peter says that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So be blessed this morning. And live in such a way that you don't have to worry about anything because God has given you everything you need through his son Jesus Christ and in his spirit to stand before him. Not only did God have a plan, he also predestined us. Now that word is used twice in our passage. It's used once here in verse 5 and it's used a second time over in verse 11. Now what does that mean? That simply means that he has adopted us as son through Jesus Christ. He chose us. He adopted. He, he had a choice and he chose us. We've been made part of the family. We've been adopted. Now I'm not going to get into the difference between free will and sovereignty and, and all of those things this morning but I want you to know that as a child of God having trusted Jesus Christ as personal Savior God picked you remember when you were in elementary school and you go out on the playground and you'd pick up teams I hated that because I wasn't ever any of the first that were picked and you know how it got down to the last kids? And finally there were two left. And somebody would say, all right, you're on that team and you're on that team. And it really wasn't a picking, it was an assignment. I want you to know God picked you. Why did God pick you? Because he loved you. And he wanted you to be part of his family. Just think about that. And he picked you in his love. Now, I don't know what the punctuation is in your Bible, but if you have an NIV or you have an English Standard Version, which I'm using this morning, the last two words of verse 4 start a new sentence in verse 5. The last two words in verse 4 are in love, he predestined us. Now think about that, will you please? Yes, God so loved the world. But God so loved Craig. God so loved John. God so loved Dave. God so loved Art. He also loved all the women too. Dira and Connie and Teresa, you know. But, but think about that. In love. We are sending boxes to kids around the world. A good thing to do. But you know there are a lot of kids in the United States of America that need a loving home. Next week we're going to talk a little bit about foster care. And we're going to talk about how we can help foster parents love their kids because they picked them. You guys know something about foster care. Dave and Darcy, Darcy know something about foster care, don't you? They picked them. My kids didn't have any choice. 
and I never have asked them if they would have picked other parents. I don't want the answer. <laughs> but he predestined us in love. Faith is man's response, right, John's, John MacArthur? Response to God's elective purpose. God's choice of man is election. Man's choice of God is faith. In election or predestination, God gives his promises, and by faith, men receive them. Don't get hung up on predestination, but just know it's all about God's love for you. But not only did he predestine us, he predestined us to the praise of his glory. Now, did you notice that phrase as we read through this passage? It's used three times. It's used once in verse 6. It's used once in verse 12, and it's used once in verse 14. You think we'd get the message. You see, it's not about us. It's all about giving him praise and glory. I don't know whether you've written, uh, read the, the Purpose Driven Life. Great book if you've not read it. But the beginning of the Purpose Driven Life is recognizing it's not about me. There is a higher calling, there is a greater purpose, there is something bigger than myself. And that is the praise and honor and glory of our God. Amen? We have a great God. Did we not sing about him this morning, indestructible, unstoppable, that's who you are? Isn't God good? All the time? Well, let's try this again, all right? Isn't God good? And all the time God is? Amen, that's right. And it's all to the praise and honor of who he is and his glory. Whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the what? Glory of God. As long as we keep that in mind and that is our focus, then we can start to understand how God put this thing together. Because it wasn't about us. It's all about who he is. And how did he accomplish that praise and honor and glory? He purchased us. Verse 7. In him, his son, we have redemption. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Huh? Think about that. Redemption. He bought us. First Corinthians chapter 6 says we're bought with a price. Right? And that price was the precious blood of Jesus. We've not been redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. <laughs> you got any gold or silver in your IRA? Who cares? Because we've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen? You and I have been bought. Connie asked me yesterday, she said, you got any Christmas money for me? I wanted to say, but I didn't. Why? You know why? she wants to purchase some gifts for our family and friends. 
It's Christmas. Hey, babe, I got some for you. Not much, but I got some for you. And we will gather around the tree Christmas Day, and we will share some of these as a family. It's a great time. But just think about gathering around the throne and recognizing the most precious gift that could ever be given, eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. That give you goosebumps. We've been purchased. We've been redeemed. In the forgiveness of our sins and the richness of his grace, God giving to us what we do not deserve. This is purchase. And his purpose is all about his will. This is salvation. His will. Verse 5. His will. Verse 9, His will. Verse 11, His will. You think we ought to get it? It's His will. It's His will that we have a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. We have been saved. And to tap it off, we've been sealed. Sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. My grandmother had a large garden. They lived on a farm. And during the summer months, she would pick all of the produce. And she would bring it into her kitchen. And she canned. Some of you do that too. I can, but it's usually at Myers. And usually it's a tin can. Hers were glass. But during the winter months, when there wasn't any, any garden, she'd send me down into her basement. I hated the basement. It was a dark and dreary place. Kind of scary for a five or six-year-old kid. But she'd say, Tommy? That was me. You know, she didn't have another Tommy. I was the only one she had. She said, Tommy, go, go down in the canning area and, and bring up some, could be peaches, could be green beans, could be corn, could, could be anything. Bring it up. And, and she'd take it and she'd set it on the counter and, and she'd take a can opener, more like a bottle opener. And, and she'd pry the lid off of that thing and you'd go, you know what I mean? It's not very good, is it? But you get the idea. Because that thing had been sealed, it was still fresh. It was still good. It hadn't deteriorated. It hadn't spoiled. It hadn't gone back. There, there was nothing wrong with it. We live in a corrupt world. But yet, God has given to us his spirit who has sealed us. And there is nothing that's going to corrupt us from that which God has planned for us through his son Jesus Christ. Amen? And one day that seal's going to come off. 
and we're going to be like him, for we're going to see him as he is. And all sorrow is going to be washed away. All pain is going to be gone. I think I'm even going to have a good memory in heaven. And I'm going to get to see Jesus. We are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. The word promise there has the idea of an official mark. A mark of identification. It was used when they went back to seal the tomb of Jesus. Because the religious leaders were afraid that uh, he'd do what he said he was going to do, rise from the dead. Now what does this seal give us? It gives us security. Nothing will ever separate us from the love of God that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen? And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Amen? It gives us security. It gives us authenticity. That we are the children of God. For as many as received him, to them are given the privilege to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. It's kind of our paperwork that validates the fact that we are children of God. You ever lose any paperwork? God never loses paperwork because it's given to us in his son through his spirit for our lives. Gives to us ownership. Romans chapter 8 says that his spirit with our spirit declares that we are the children of God. And it gives to us authority. Authority. But ye shall receive power after that, what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. He is the earnest, the installment of things to come, the guarantee. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, Now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face. That's right. I'm not going to get too empowered this morning. Sorry. But I want you to be encouraged. Have an epiphany this week, will you? Think about the Holy Spirit and His ministry in your life. And understand a little bit about how you have been saved. And you have been sealed. And it makes all the difference. Because those of us who have trusted Christ as personal Savior are the children of God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father. Thank you for your word, truth for our lives. And although, Father, we didn't 
get as far as I thought we might this morning, I trust that your spirit will take this passage of Scripture and help us to be reminded this week of the wonder of your work through your spirit who not only empowers us but indwells us. And may we know his presence and may we know his working and may we know, Father, that he guarantees that one day, one day, when we see your son Jesus Christ, we'll be like him. Oh, what a great day that's going to be. Father, give us a fresh glimpse of him, your spirit. Work in our hearts in Jesus' name.